Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to another edition of the Holtzcast. Cole Petum here as always, and we're back for yet another opposition match preview because Villa make their way up to Newcastle to play, of course, Newcastle United. Pretty obvious with that terminology right there. Of course, it's a Friday kickoff and with Friday kickoffs, of course, some fans are a fan of it and some just aren't. But nonetheless, it's another event another time to watch Villa during these annoying pandemic times but nonetheless of course to have an opposition preview we need an opposition fan and that is Will from Talk of the Tune at T-O-T-T podcast on Twitter I got that right Will but how you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, thanks. Well, personally, I'm I'm okay. If we're going to be talking about football, then there's just this uh, cloud, this black cloud hanging over my head at the minute. Uh, can't say I'm going to be too lively or too excitable in this one. But yeah, very good. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm doing well. I mean, I think we're all doing as well as we can. Um, but nonetheless, it's good to have at least... Uh, some football talk to get us uh, through all these questionable times but uh, yeah yeah, like we're like I was saying to you before we even kind of started recording uh, Villa were in a much worse situation than you were at this point last season compared to this season so I I do feel your sympathy we both have had Steve Bruce as a manager so I I can feel your pain there (laughs) as well to to be fair ours is probably worse because it was in the championship and it was going wrong in the championship Mm. at one point so I will take a little bit of an advantage at that if that's even one, but uh, nonetheless, let's uh, let's focus on Newcastle United first mm. and foremost, because uh, of course some Villa fans may not have even really been paying attention to a few teams this season, and we always want to give them some insight there. So, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on this season so far? If you're going to sum them up, uh, piss poor, probably <laughs> uh, not good at all. Uh, just a huge feeling in in the camp that. Well, first of all, no one wanted Bruce. Well, again, I do this thing where I speak on behalf of the entire Newcastle United fan base, which I'm not. I think we all do for these. (laughs) I'm not not quite certified to do quite yet. But speaking for myself and speaking for the podcast, like just a very, very unwelcome, uh, unwelcome managerial appointment, Uh, especially, I mean, I think lots of Newcastle fans, fans, never mind football fans, probably sick of hearing us talk about Rafa Benitez now, but going from him to Bruce is a, is a stark, stark change, stark difference. Um, I think the, the signs were there early in the season. We were playing dreadful, dreadful football, not looking for possession, not playing balls, you know, pumping it up. And we were kind of got lucky. We were coasting through and we picked up a few good results here and there, but it's really starting to show and, and those poor performances are really starting to reflect in the points we've got this season and the position we'll find ourselves in the table. Just absolutely, uh, yeah, it's absolutely shocking at the minute and getting a nil-nil draw against West Brom, losing to Sheffield United, you know, we're 
more kind of concentrated on the teams around us now than our actual performance ourselves, it's not a good place to be. Yeah, and I mean, I do feel for you guys. I mean, we as Villa fans know what it is, or is like, I should say, to have poor ownership and the fact that our ownership or former ownership, I should say, almost sunk us to oblivion. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, of course, I hope you guys never have to go through that extent of it, but <laughs> I can uh, I can definitely understand it. And it, it's kind of interesting when you mention Rafa Benitez and then you mention um, Steve Bruce. And I, I just think if you compare the two, it's like a thousand dollar or thousand pound or whatever you will. Uh, nice bottle of wine versus like a just i don't know like a a 10 dollar 10 pound box wine or something like if you want to compare apples to apples and cheese isn't it basically yeah you're just you're just kind of getting what you can and i'd imagine that appointment was more so oh because he's more of a a local and all that kind of stuff probably plays on it maybe ownership thought that would help i don't understand how that would ever really affect anything but uh, Mm. nonetheless the one thing i do want to touch on with all this is well, when you really look at your season, from my perspective, what do you chalk it down to if there's one sole thing aside from Steve Bruce? Is it the playing style? Is it certain players not playing up to expectations? Like if there's one thing, what does it really chalk down to? Uh, it's it's the manager and his tactics or, or lack of. He's uh, just the most uninspiring, unambitious manager I think I've ever watched in my whole time. Being a Newcastle fan, I've I've sat through a fair few few <laughs> managers now, um, but I don't know. It's it's a really it's a really tough one to put a finger on. There are that many issues. I mean, this is a man that's openly admitted that he doesn't really believe or doesn't really do tactics. Uh, I just think it's something I've talked to death like lately. But I, I just don't see how you can be a manager in the Premier League in 2021 and not do tactics when you're up against <laughs> the likes of. You know, Guardiola, Tuchel, you know, all these top class managers, Mourinho, Klopp, uh, Dean Smith, world class manager. Uh, just can't see how um, all these, how he can't do tactics or he doesn't play to the opposition. For a long time, he, he set out with like five at the back and just hoped to catch people on the counter. But the counter opportunity never came. We've got so many good players in our ranks and they've been playing really well lately, but they're just shackled. By his lack of ambition, I mean, we've got a side with, again, people are probably sick of us talking about them, but what else we've got to talk about? We've got like Callum Wilson, uh, Alan Saint-Maximin, Miguel Almiron. We've got talented players in that team, all three of which are out, by the way, at the minute. I think we're missing something like six of our starting 11. So we've been unfortunate with injuries, but does that come down to the coaching and, and the manager not kind of saving players? Does that come down to the medical staff? No resting, too much resting. Don't really know. It's just been a, a concoction, really, this season. Nothing's gone right, but it all stems from the manager and poor decisions and a media circus around him as well. Yeah, it's an interesting one, with when he, especially when you touched on the tactics there, Will, because I, I, can't, I can't remember if it was Gabby Igbonlahor or Jack Grealish. It was somebody within relatively present Villa time, and I think they even confirmed the same, that training was like, here, throw a ball in the middle, let's go. Let's, <laughs> yeah. just, have a, let's just have a kick about. It's just like... It's something you might like have for like under eights, maybe, or like yeah. under sixes. I don't even know. In like the it's park. Like, exactly. Like it's mm-hmm. just very, very strange. And when I guess on the outside looking in, uh, a lot of people 
kind of look at it with very little knowledge and say, well, he's not backed. I think he's been one of the managers that's been backed the most out of recent time. If I think financially, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. It, once again, I think he's brought in some good personnel, but once again, it's just, he has no idea of what he's doing in my opinion. And the fact that he's had this many jobs in professional football is absolutely mm. astounding to me, but nonetheless, I guess he's had a few successes, but you did touch on injuries there and Callum Wilson. Um, I think what Alan St. Maximin, Miguel Amaron, uh, Manquillo as well. And I think Fabian Schar is on this list. I don't know if those are still, those yeah. two are still accurate, but uh, it, it's, it's a tough one to look at for you. I mean, for us, we still don't know about Jack Grealish or Matty Cash, but mm. I guess if we, kind of focus on to the, the game perspective on Fridays where's your confidence level going into this one really I mean <laughs> what, let's pretend Jack Grealish and Matty Cash aren't playing does that come for you at all anymore <laughs> uh, yes absolutely because one area of the pitch we, we get completely dominated and turned over is the middle of the park um just miss we brought in Joe Willock from Arsenal on loan in January who had a great debut against Southampton but he seemed quite off the pace in our last game against West Brom which was a shame like just I don't know whether that's tired legs because we've, we're down to so few options now I just think you'd probably have us in the middle of the park and that's where we've where we've really been exposed quite a lot John Joe Shelby's had a good couple of games actually last couple of games but he's susceptible to a few mistakes or losing his head a little bit. Isaac Hayden's been played all over the place. I think he's on his last legs type thing. Um, confidence is not high at all. I think don't want to get hung up on it, but I mean the, the seven, like the seven twos against Liverpool and, you know, you're getting draws against uh, Chelsea and, you know, you're, you're beating Arsenal all in the fairly, well, fairly recently. I think you beat Arsenal twice this season already. Yeah, it's um, been very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can imagine. I can't remember what that feels like. Uh, but I can maybe take some solace in the fact that you only seem to be able to beat big teams. Maybe. I don't know. Somewhat, nah. yeah. Well, you, you just you you can win games. Uh, but no, conference is very, very low. I mean, we're on the back of two, um, two draws. Uh, we drew nil-nil against West Brom and just seemed to be happy with the draw and playing for the draw. Um, and then a 1-1 uh, draw against Wolves, which admittedly we probably should have taken all three points from, I'd say. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not confident. You you got the upper hand on us uh, in the in the return fixture. I think it was 2-0. Um, uh, and you, you played us completely off the pitch. So I can, I mean, as miserable as it sounds, I can probably see it going the same way. Yeah, interestingly enough, though, I don't even think, Saint, I think St. Maximin was just coming out of injury for that one too. So... Mm-hmm. he's barely really came into effect. I think he had Elmeron on that day too, but once again, nothing really much was created. And I think our opening goal came from a, I don't, I don't know if it was a Fabian Sharp blunder or something. Um, oh, I think it was actually. Yeah. 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 So it, Shit show. It, it's a tough one for us because I don't think we've scored since, Oh God, I think it's been like over, 200 minutes or something like that i can't even remember here i'll mm-hmm. i'll take a quick little look as i talk but yeah it, we've definitely been I, I wouldn't say we've been struggling because i mean christ we hit the the woodwork twice in the same spot against wolves and then mm-hmm. before that i mean there's some success there we're kind of learning how to win tight games which i feel like we haven't done since eons ago but n- nonetheless i find this game is going to be one in the middle of the pitch and i mean that's kind of 
stereotypical, I guess you could say with a lot of things, but for us, it really has been, we've been really rotating our midfield, trying to find what's going to work and what's not. Ross Barkley seems like just, I don't know, seems like a, a shell of what he was earlier on in the season um, since his small injury. So not really sure what's going on there, but nonetheless kind of getting back maybe more into the game maybe we'll try to get a little more positive notion on your side um if that's possible (laughs) is when you look at this game is there one aspect of maybe this villa side or even in your team itself where you look at and say hey you know what we can expose that using maybe this or that uh i mean if you'd asked me like two or three matches ago when we had (laughs) you know asm and, and miggy firing on all cylinders like it's just such a shame that injuries came when they did because as you say ASM was just kind of getting back into the full flow it was he came back and was genuinely like a new player game changer Miggy was playing the best he's ever played for us and now they're both gone and we've got to replace them with Joe Linton and Ryan Fraser Ryan Fraser's really not got up to speed really in his Newcastle career Um, he's still capable of things I think he got an assist got an assist not that long ago so he's still capable of that kind of wicked cross. But, I mean, it all depends on whether we play someone like Andy Carroll or whether we start with a Dwight Gale or we go with Joe Linton again. Um, I'd quite like to see us go for Andy Carroll. You could probably just bully uh, Mings and and Concer. I think you're two centre-halves. So I'll maybe bully them a little bit, you know, really put himself about, get them riled up, maybe get them into a bit of trouble. And then he's the perfect target man for like a Ryan Fraser uh, like a wicked cross into the box or a John Joe Shelby uh, deep kind of deep free kick I still think Joe Willock can offer a lot in terms of danger he just always wants to go forward with the ball and he always seems to be in our box um, you know defending a, a counter attack or an opposition attack uh, so I think danger men will probably be oh, scraping the barrel but Joe, Joe Willock and Ryan Fraser and then Big Andy if Bruce decides to play him yeah, I mean, Andy Carroll does like to have like one outstanding game probably yes. every 15 or 20. <laughs> so you never know when that's going to be. And that's probably one of the things that scares me most because it just seems like he's actually bothered for one day a year maybe. And you just don't know when that's actually going to happen. Hmm. I guess more on a humorous kind of standpoint, though, you, you look at, like you said there with Isaac Caden and Joe Willock, you have one more there. You can make a, a an Arsenal Academy there midfield. You're, you're, you're getting very close to it. So <laughs> if we could have some more of their players, that'd be, that'd be quite good. <laughs> well, Hey, you know what? They might have a clear it in the summer. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there. Yeah. Just around the Academy, just hanging around the gates. Um, that's okay. We're going to have a, probably another Chelsea loney next, uh, next summer. Again, it seems like that's the, that's the in thing to do. We've upgraded from Danny Drinkwater to Ross Barkley. So oh, I'm hoping maybe Pulisic is next, next or something. We'll just keep going up the ladder. Hopefully yeah, that wouldn't be a, that wouldn't be a bad one. <laughs> that wouldn't be bad at all. But uh, before we get things wrapped up, actually, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit because I forgot to ask, ask this, but what's really your expectations for the rest of the season for Newcastle United? Do you think realistically you'll stay up or where do you think you'll find yourselves? Um, I mean, it sounds awful because I always prefer to be quite a positive fan and, you know, ignore a lot of the, the negativity around the club. But it's just hard to see us getting out of the slump we're in. We've maybe done some work on slowing down the, the decline, like two draws on the bounce. Before that, I think we'd won something like two in a ridiculously high number of games. Like 
we've got you just know it's going to come down to that final day on the season when we play Fulham and it just it's written in the stars isn't it that'll be a crunch game the last day of the season Fulham going away and beating Liverpool in the last game we we barely scrape a draw with with West Brom I just think other teams around us or Fulham especially have momentum going in the right direction and ours is very much going in the wrong direction so I think I've said for a while just in passing I, I think we'll go down um, you hope, obviously, you hope to God it, it's not true, but I, I mean, it's hard to hard to argue with the again the, the path we're on, the path of destruction at the minute. But we can only we can hope and pray. Let's, let's leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. And I guess one more thing here, actually, before we do score predictions, that just came to my mind. I guess, kind of from a, I guess, a whole club perspective. When you look at it, I guess it for you, does it really matter if you go up and down in the sense that nothing's really going to change until that dollar figure is or pound figure is met for Mike Ashley and things will really change then? It, does it really matter until he's gone, essentially? Well, you, you say that he, he, someone did meet that figure and then something else came in and stopped the sale with this whole uh, this PIF fund and the Premier League rejecting the takeover not that long ago. Um, you just don't want to risk going down this season because you, yeah. you risk doing a Leeds or, as you say, doing a doing what you guys were in danger of or did to some extent a few years ago. You you don't want to go do it. You don't want to do a Sunderland, basically. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> hey, I think you could have a documentary. We, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, silver linings. Uh, I just think if if it were to happen now, then it's just going to cause more issues. Um. But you, you want to be back. You want to be in the Premier League for when everything opens, like lockdown, lockdowns ending in June slash July. Um, hoping to have everyone vaccinated by the end of the July end of July over here. So it'd be nice to have some decent football matches to go to, and certainly be nice to watch some Premier League football matches next year. So uh, yeah, I, I hope we stay up for that sake because I think we do risk going into free fall if we go down this year. Yeah, I mean it's always a tricky one. You just it's a I don't even know what kind of market it is in football terms. I don't even know if it's a buyer or seller's market right now. And it just seems yeah, like true. everyone wants to stay hold and just kind of see what's going to play out from there. Hopefully things start opening up and people can start recovering financially because that's mm-hmm. probably the the most important thing. But uh, will before we wrap things up here, uh, can mm. I get your score prediction? And you can be as honest as you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I'll not be honest, but I'll be optimistic. Um, just because I'm willing it on and wishing it on, I will say 2-1 to Newcastle United. That's fair. I, I, I appreciate your honesty because you do get a lot of people <laughs> on here. I say this almost every time and they'll try to be nice about it. And it's just like, uh, just if you want your team to win, just say it. So no, it's, it, it's good to hear honesty. It's always yeah, good to I'm hear that. Crossing um, fingers and toes. How, how do you reckon it's going to go? It's a tough one. I, I just wish we'd actually put it in the net. I mean, Ollie Watkins has hit the the bar seven times this season. So we like oh, wow. go in for him. I mean, if Grealish plays, I have every confidence in the world that will win, but uh, I'll say uh, we like a one nil. So I'll go a one nil. It seems like the one nil to the arsenal has become one nil to the villa. So uh, <laughs> uh, I will, I'll, I'll gladly take that. And that means uh, Emmy Martin or wow. Emmy Martin is, if I can get that out. Another clean sheet. Will, uh, yeah. He'll match our uh, Premier league record with Brad Friedel and, um, uh, Bosnich as well I think so oh, shit and he's still got a fair few games to play this season as well absolutely so he'll definitely he'll definitely break that that's mad yeah I know what so impact hope- he's had 
Oh, he's been the best keeper I've ever seen in my life for us. Oh my goodness. I mean, that's not really that long, I guess, but in considering it all, I absolutely love the man and hopefully Mm. he sticks around for years to come. But anyways, let's wrap it up there. Will Uh, good chatting with you, but uh, if people want to find you, uh, feel free to plug anything you wish right now. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Cole. Um, so yes, you can find us on Twitter at T-O-T-T Podcast, as Cole said earlier on. You can also find us uh, on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. Uh, our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Acast, all reputable podcast platforms. So yeah, give us a search and give us a listen. That'll be great. Lovely stuff. Uh, yeah, so nice. if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Talk Aston Villa. if people want to hear me talk about nothing. Um, <laughs> and of course, you can email uh, the podcast, Holtcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet the team at 7500 to Holt. We'll be back hopefully Saturday or Sunday for the post-match synopsis at some point. Just got to wrangle the guys together to hopefully talk about a positive result. But nonetheless, hopefully an entertaining one because I cannot take another nil nil off the back of a a previous nil nil but nonetheless we'll leave it there don't forget yeah yeah. (laughs) up the villa This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.